everybody, it is Wednesday, 14th of October, and I was looking for whether I'd missed something this morning. We're up 60 points. Futures this morning were up 50, admittedly, after an 8-point fall yesterday. But we are pumping along. I'm thinking the jobs numbers had something in them, but they didn't. They were a little bit worse than expected, and... As one strategist points out, their ancient history looking at jobs numbers in September when lockdowns are ending and the October numbers will be completely different. So not much information in those. But no, it just seems to be a solid day of buying technology leading the way. Square Inc. was up in the US, so APT up 3.7%, Zero up 4.3%, WiseTech up 57 They're all banging along this morning. And despite a 3.8% fall in the iron ore price, we have BHP and Rio up 1.5 or 1.3%, Fortescue up 1.2%. I've got a little section on timing the bottom on the iron ore stocks coming up in a moment. Otherwise, not much happened in the US overnight. Dow Jones pretty much unchanged. Gold stocks were going up though. There's a load of research on Newcrest today after an update yesterday. A lot of it has buy recommendations on it, but broker research on gold stocks is just irrelevant. It depends what the gold price does. And day to day, that's pretty much guesswork. But today, gold price up $35. So we've got a very strong gold sector today. Most of them up 2 to 5%. You will have read the inflation or CPI numbers in the US were higher than expected. 5.4% for the non-core number. The core number was in line with expectations, but... That's the highest since 2008, but it doesn't seem to have upset the market at all or upset the bond market. Bond yields actually fell overnight. One interesting little observation there is that one of the or half of the rise in inflation in the US in the last month has been thanks to an increase in rents. And this is described as being caused by a move from low-density pandemic houses back into the city, and city rents have been pushed up. I wonder whether the same thing will happen here as we open up. The other drivers of inflation were food, and they've got real supply issues in the US to the point where Walmart has decided to start shipping goods 24 hours a day, and Biden stepped in to make sure the port of LA is operating 24 hours a day in order to stop these supply chain issues. So I'm sure they will ease, and I'm sure inflation will come off. The other big driver for inflation at the moment, obviously, is energy prices, natural gas price, crude price, and also motor vehicles because of the global semiconductor shortage. So a lot of these things, I think, are probably transitory. So the bond market just didn't seem to worry about it. Ten-year bond yield actually fell overnight. There are also some FOMC minutes, as you've probably seen. They talked about a gradual tapering process that will conclude around the middle of next year. The next Fed meetings on November the 2nd to the 3rd, and it looks like the tapering process is going to be announced and start in the middle of next month. So the market's now expecting that, so it shouldn't really upset the equity market. They have spent so long passing this message, and it seems to have got through finally. So tapering seems to be sliding to the back burner as far as market issues are concerned, because it's clearly going to happen, and probably next month. JP Morgan had results kicking off the results season. They weren't terribly good, down 2.6%. We've got Bank of America, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, Morgan Stanley tonight, Goldman Sachs on Friday. 
Interestingly, Delta Airlines had their results and fell 5.8% as well. Their third quarter results had a warning about making a loss in the fourth quarter after a hit from fuel prices. And that raises an issue you probably need to think about for Australian stocks. Which companies are going to be hit by higher energy prices? I'm sure it's feeding into the earnings forecast on a daily basis, but obviously there is some risk there with stocks like Qantas. Copper price had a good rise overnight, up a couple of percent. And notably, South 32, Morgan Stanley have got an overweight recommendation today with a target price 15% above the current share price. Chris wrote about it a couple of days ago because of the aluminium price, which jumped 3% in a day and has obviously been rocketing. But South 32, which is all the assets that BHP didn't want, it's a $16.9 billion company. Most of their revenue comes from aluminium and alumina operations and from coal operations. So in aluminium, their aluminium alumina exposure is about 50% of revenue. Coal exposure is about 25% of revenue. Only 8% of their revenue is from Australia. So this is an international miner. Coal and aluminium, the main exposure, and they've gone and spent $1.55 billion buying a copper mine in Chile, an operating copper mine in Chile, or 45% of a copper mine in Chile. So spreading their commodity exposures, as I say, $16 billion company. So this isn't going to be hugely significant to them in terms of diversifying exposures. But S32 running along, Chris had it as a trade recently, put it in the growth portfolio, doing very well. No reason to touch it for the moment, but attracting some attention with this acquisition. We'll see some more research, I'm sure, tomorrow. I'll read you the broker recommendations on S32 at the moment. Overweight, buy, outperform, outperform, buy, buy. Morgan's recently downgraded to hold from buy. Average target price is 6% above the current share price. So in the right commodities at the right time at the moment, performing very well. As I say, no need to be thinking about selling until it all goes wrong, hasn't gone wrong. Other things, Guy DeBell, Deputy RBA Governor, made a speech this morning focusing on climate risks. Don't think it's really affected the market. China's got inflation numbers today. Haven't seen those. ARB up a little bit on its AGM today. Levisa up 4.4% on its AGM today. The SMA platforms, NetWealth, Hub, Premium, which we use for our SMAs. But NetWealth's up 14.4% today. They've had a huge inflow of funds in the last quarter, taking in $4 billion, the most in a quarter that they've seen. Record funds under management, $52 billion. Things are sort of pumping along in this sector. Unfortunately, the share prices have already taken that into account. Hub's up 28% in six months. Premium, 57% in six months. NetWealth's been a bit left behind, only up 2% in the last six months and these numbers read well interesting little sector that one does well when the market does well and it's also got an underlying growth driver from wealth management businesses setting up smas and rolling money for clients out of the big retail super funds and industry funds so a growth industry generally and it loves the market going up as well. Wouldn't hold them too long if the market was going down. A sector that is for a bull market, and we have that at the moment. Redbubble had a trading update today. 
Things not going terribly well for Redbubble, down 12.7% today. They have relied heavily on the sale of masks and mask sales have dropped from 29 million to just 6 million with gross profit down 34%. This is in the first quarter, so a bit of a profits warning. Share price has been doing quite well recently, so this is the opposite of a reopening trade. This is a pandemic beneficiary. They've stuck to their recent full year guidance, so we'll see what the research says tomorrow, but I doubt it'll be disastrous. Also, Whitehaven Coal, pretty much unchanged today on their quarterly update. Everyone's a buyer of Bank of Queensland after the results yesterday. Average target price 10.8% above the current share price. Some brokers with 18% above, 16% above for their target prices. So a bit of enthusiasm there. And of course, they've got the dividend coming up. Goes X on October 27. Full year yield at the moment is 4.95% plus franking. The share price yesterday fell 4.3% on results, so up 1.8% today. Right, two little themes today. First one is just to point out that the dogs are barking in the milk powder world. We've got A2 milk, Sinlay milk, SM1 is the code there, and Bubs, B-U-B, all bottoming. Have a look at the charts in the Marcus Today section. A2 milk today is up 8.4%. Bubs is up 3%. SM1's up 1.9%. But in the last month, A2 milk's up 17%. Bubs 29%. Sinlay milk 23%. Now, when you consider that these are bottoming stocks, so over the last year, A2 milk's down 56%. Bubs down 37%. And Sinlay milk down 29%. These are recovering stocks. And there are a couple of reasons for that. And we wrote it up recently, but Sinlay Milk had guidance for volume growth of 30 to 40% in infant formula next year. They're the major manufacturer for A2 Milk. So A2 Milk started to move. Citigroup put out a or upgraded A2 Milk to a buy, saying they expect improved trading conditions over the next nine months. Their target price was 720, which at the time was 20% above the current share price. Share is almost there; it's now 712. And some of the institutions will start to be look will start to look at A2 Milk because it's starting to outperform. In which case, institutions may think of buying it on a relative basis. And this morning, there's a bit of an article in the AFR about a Chinese COVID-19 vaccine being approved for international students entering Australia. And that has resurrected the hopes that the Chinese Daegu operations, which are or have in the past accounted for a lot of sales for A2 milk into China, that those sales channels may return. Not everyone agrees, as I say, Citigroup recently upgraded to a buy, but Credit Suisse have, on the 4th of October, put out an underperformed recommendation with a target price 22% below the current share price, and Macquarie today have put out an underperformed recommendation with a target price 23% below the current share price. So take your pick on A2 Milk. I might have to start a dogs are barking portfolio when we get around to disassociating the newsletter portfolios from the actual SMAs. Maybe I can do something like Henry's six packs. Anyway, A2 Milk would be on the 
Dogs are barking six-pack at the moment. Not a lot of research around in Sinlay milk. UBS got a buy recommendation, no target price. Not sure you're going to find a lot of fundamental support for a buy recommendation on these. You've got A2 milk at the moment on a PE of 45 times, going to 32 times with no yield and a return on equity of a standard 10%, 12%. But you do have a very significant earnings recovery forecast for the next couple of years. And that's maybe what all this is telling you. But again, not a lot of value there, which is probably why the brokers are still negative. One for the traders. Right, dogs are barking in milk powder. The other story today was something I've written about in the Marcus Today section today. And there's constant running commentary. I don't know whether I should bore you with it on the Evergrande situation. S&P downgrading credit ratings on a couple of the property developers yesterday. They say, we see a risk that a disorderly correction in the property market could cause sharp price declines, blah, blah, blah. We published a list of property developers in China with debt payments coming up. Evergrande missed a near $150 million payment on Monday. There's a 30-day grace period before they technically default, but that's coming up as well. Another developer, mid-sized Fantasia, missed a payment as well. And Modern Land and Cynic Holdings, both a bit smaller. Cynic fell 83% in a day are both trying to delay payment deadlines. So this is beyond just Evergrande, it is the whole sector. Evergrande's main business subsidiary has another coupon payable on October 19 and another one on October 30. So this is going to roll on and roll on. There is $555 million worth of high yield bond coupons due this month from the sector, 1.6 billion before the end of the year and 92 billion according to Reuters next year. So this is normal stuff if they don't default. I'm looking at the Hong Kong market open when it eventually opens today. They had a typhoon yesterday, which looks like nothing traded. So we'll pick up what the vibe is today, but there does seem to have been a bit of a bottoming in Chinese property stocks, but let's not guess. Let me just make this point. I've put a chart of, I know it might seem silly, but I've put a chart of Evergrande compared to BHP in the Marcus Today section today. And amazingly, over the last few years, they've been highly correlated. And then when Evergrande started to run into default problems, that's when the iron ore price fell over. And this is the link I am trying to highlight today is that BHP, Rio, Fortescue, very dependent on the Chinese economy and particularly Chinese construction. Chinese property development is or accounts for one quarter of Chinese GDP. Obviously, a lot of steel and other commodities goes into it. So this Evergrande situation is potentially driving the iron ore price and is obviously to blame in large part for the collapse in the iron ore price. It's fallen 47%. But the relevance is whilst we have recently been guessing or been very tempted to buy BHP and Rio and Fortescue and Mount Gibson for an iron ore price bounce, it almost certainly depends on the fortunes of the Chinese construction sector. And even if there isn't a systemic disaster stemming from Evergrande's situation and the property sector in China's situation, even if there isn't, it is clear that the Chinese have succeeded at taking the speculation 
and the high leverage speculation out of the Chinese property market. The spread on high yield junk rated debt in China has blown out to all time highs. And the implication is that if you wanted to borrow money now to invest in the Chinese property sector, you'd be charged 24% per annum. So this is going to mean Chinese construction activity is hitting a brick wall. And that's why the iron ore price falls over. So relevance of that is timing the bottom of BHP Rio Fortescue is very likely dependent on the outcome of the Evergrande situation. If it improves, you'll probably see BHP lift. If it deteriorates, you'll see them fall. So despite the fall in BHP, with this uncertainty still in the Evergrande situation, which did admittedly ease sentiment-wise over the last week or so, when they started to talk about asset sales, should I call it the Evergrande situation or the Chinese property development sector situation? Anyway, sentiment towards iron ore and BHP and Rio and Fortescue and Mount Gibson and commodities generally is, is in the hands of the Chinese or the sentiment towards the Chinese property development sector at the moment. So keep an eye out for that. If, for instance, you saw some significant reassurance from Chinese authorities that they won't allow any systemic contagion. The iron ore price and the iron ore stocks are obviously going to lift. So two things. Watch Evergrande. That could be the deciding factor on whether to buy or whether our resource stocks have bottomed. And secondly, just understand that at the moment that is in the balance. So buying BHP Rio Mount Gibson now is a bit of a gamble on that situation being rescued whilst you've got S&P talking about a disorderly correction which obviously could happen. So if I was a big institution looking to time the bottom on BHP in big size, in big size, I probably wouldn't be buying it yet. But as the Evergrande situation slides into the background rather than the foreground, I would start to feel more confident about buying them. Anyway, just a connection I thought I'd make for you between commodity stocks, particularly iron ore, and the Chinese property development outcome. Keep an eye on that. Right, that's about that. That's enough waffling for one day. Can't see any Hong Kong share price moves of note yet. Resources having a good day. South 32 at 5.5% on that deal. Gold having a good day. Lithium having a good day. Lion Town is up 13% today. It's up to $1.59, which is a dollar higher than when we first wrote about the $12 million man. At that point, he had all his money in Lion Town. It was 61 cents. It's now a dollar higher, which makes him a $30 million man again. We've also got Core Lithium, CXO, up 16% today. They've announced their lithium project near Darwin has reached its final investment decision and is fully funded and will start immediately. A year ago, that stock was 5 cents, now 55 cents, 10 bagger in a year. Tech stocks are strong, coal stocks are down, uranium stocks are taking a back seat today. Lots of results from the big investment banks in the US tonight that will push us around possibly. As I leave you, Dow futures up 106, looking okay. It's an okay day. As I leave you up 66 points, you have a fabulous day. I will speak to you soon.